Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 5S Podcast. I am your esteemed host, James Watkins. Well, I don't so much know about the esteemed part, but I'm definitely your host, and this is the launch episode of the 5S Podcast. This is the first episode that we've ever recorded, and if you're listening to this, I want to thank you for being a part of this moment with us. So I think introduction is a little bit in order here. Who are we? What is the 5S Podcast? What is the 5? What is the S? Well, quite simply, the 5 and the S is just a tribute to the five solas of the Protestant Reformation, which boldly declares that we are saved by grace grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to the scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. So a little bit more about us. We are a Reformed Theology podcast, meaning that I will declare the sovereignty of God early and often. I love discussing theology in general, so we will discuss a broad range of topics from Christian doctrine to false gospels, cults, current issues within the church and outside of the church, and what our response should be to these issues from a biblical perspective. I'll also have special guests on from time to time to discuss a broad range of topics, so I'm very excited about that and interacting with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, please understand this. This podcast, or any podcast for that matter, does not replace the local church that you should be under the authority of. My goal with the 5S podcast is not to act as a church, but I will challenge the church. I will challenge fellow believers and all who profess Christ. I will challenge our boldness. I will challenge our audacity. I will challenge our faithfulness to the gospel of our Lord and King Jesus Christ. Now, with that said... I will not use senseless controversies to propel us forward. If you're listening to this podcast hoping for controversy, you might as well go ahead and turn us off because it will not happen. I have no desire whatsoever to use controversies amongst other ministries to gain listens. I have no desire to start controversy within this ministry to gain listeners. This, of course, does not mean that I will shy away from topics that may be controversial and that need to be addressed, but I have no desire to cut other believers with a sword for the sake of gaining numbers. We want to be edifying to the body of Christ and not destructive to the body. Now, over the next few weeks, you're going to get to know me a little bit better on a personal level. So with that said, I do want to move into our topic for today. Whenever I was trying to decide on the content for our first episode, I thought, do I want to discuss abortion and the current issue of the legalization of full-term abortion in New York? Yeah, but we'll get there, I promise. How about the doctrine of the Trinity? That's always interesting, right? Yeah, but I want to start from the very beginning and I want to discuss the gospel. Here's the thing. If I get the gospel wrong, if I am wrong here, then anything else that I have to say, it absolutely does not matter. If I get the gospel wrong, I need to be marked. I need to be blacklisted and you do not need to listen to a word I say. No future episode matters if I am wrong here on this first one. So with that said, let's go ahead and move into it. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes per Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It is the good news of salvation that is found only in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, outlined in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul gives us some essentials of the gospel. And I want to read that starting in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Now, of course, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is defending the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But given to us here are essentials of the gospel message that anchor on the life, crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. 
Now, the way that we present this message, the way that we present the gospel is vital. If we twist the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. The Apostle Paul dealt with perversions of the gospel very seriously, especially if you look to the book of Galatians. Uh, In chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. The word accursed here is anathema, and it literally means damned. So getting the gospel wrong, perverting the gospel, contorting it is very, very serious. It's damnable. Now, here in the book of Galatians, what was happening is the Judaizers had come into the church and were basically teaching adherence to circumcision and faith as a means of saving grace. Pretty much they were saying, if you want to be saved, you have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ plus be circumcised. Now, that should sound very, very familiar. Every works-based system known to man says this. Roman Catholicism, for instance, uh, if you want to be saved, you have to have faith plus baptism, plus mass, plus sacraments, plus, 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 plus ad nauseum. The same thing with the Mormons. We are saved by grace after all we can do. That's literally in their version of scripture. It's not scripture, but they call it scripture. Now, whenever we look at per Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ the gospel. So if we are presenting something contrary to the actual gospel, we are not preaching the gospel. Now, also consider, if we're preaching things that are appealing to the natural man, we're not preaching the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So when you have someone preaching a contorted gospel, such as the prosperity gospel, which promises saying such as health, wealth, success, fulfillment of all of your dreams and desires, those are things that we already desire in our natural and fallen state. It's idolatry. That is not the gospel. It's a bill of goods and calling it gospel. Now, on the other side of that, whenever you're preaching to someone that they can become of God, such as in Mormonism, that's appealing to natural man's desires. After all, that was the lie that Satan told in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve, that they could be like God. It appeals to the natural man. Now, man does not have a desire to answer to a holy and just God. And that's why you have these elevations of man-centered theology. But answering to a holy, righteous, and just God is exactly what is going to happen to every single one of us. So in context of what the gospel message is, what is it that we are to preach exactly? Well, first, I think that we have to look to the spiritual condition of man and relay that sickness. Often we hear others just giving grace, 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 love, love, love. They offer the cure, but there's absolutely no mention of the disease that we need to be cured of. And of course, we can talk about the sad, sad reality that many within the church just simply do not know what the gospel is. And that is absolutely terrifying because that's a command given to us as the body of Christ is to proclaim the gospel. And a lot of people within the church don't even know what the gospel is. Now, I've personally experienced this. I've asked people when they say that they are a Christian, I'm like, you know, I always love hearing the gospel. I always love hearing of Jesus Christ. Can you share the gospel with me? And I mean it with sincerity. There's something sanctifying about us hearing the gospel as believers. I always love hearing the gospel. It humbles me. It encourages me that the church is living out the command giving to preach it. And the answers that I've gotten, I'll say, what is the gospel? The answers that I've gotten is, well, the gospel is the word of God. The gospel is God loves you and wants you to come to him. 
God has great plans for your life, or the gospel is love God and love others. Okay, but what is the gospel message? You say it's the word of God. What do you mean by word of God? Do you mean the scriptures, or do you mean the word Christ Jesus? There's a distinction there, a big one. Now, the gospel is, of course, revealed to us within the scriptures, and the eternal word Jesus is a central message of that gospel. So what exactly do you mean by that, that the gospel is the word of God? Can you elaborate? And of course, whenever you ask these questions, what do you get? Crickets. The gospel is God loves you and wants you to come to him. Well, I think that the proper way to start that off is God is angry with the wicked every day. And of course, we know that John chapter 6 verse 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. The question is, why can't we come to him on our own accord? And then, of course, you have those who say, well, the gospel is God has great plans for your life. Really? What happened to the apostles again? Didn't they suffer for the name of Christ? Didn't Peter get crucified? Wasn't Stephen stoned? Didn't Paul suffer greatly after his conversion? And also, let's not forget about that guy, John, who was exiled to an island. And how about that very, very popular one that the gospel is love God, love others. People, come on. That's a summary of the very law that condemns us in the first place. We are talking about the essential and central message of our faith, and people within the church can't even tell you what that specific message is. Church, we have to do a better job at equipping the saints. We have to do a better job at discipling. That is a part of the commandment given by Jesus whenever he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have to start with the disease, and that disease is sin. If we do not start at the beginning, everything in the middle just gets mushed up, and absolutely everything at the end makes no sense. So, whenever we want to start with the spiritual condition of man, let's start at Ephesians chapter 2, which is a beautiful chapter given to us in sacred writ. So I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. And it reads, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Dead means dead. In which you once walked. Once walked is referring to prior to regeneration and saving faith in Christ alone. Prior to repentance. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind and there's the big one children of wrath we are all dead in trespasses and in sins we are all born children of wrath this is huge this goes all the way back to the garden of eden when god said to adam and eve to not do this to not do that or they would surely die and of course we know that physical death entered into god's good creation at this point but so did spiritual death and that's what ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 references dead in trespasses and in sins So what does God do with that? We're going to talk about that right after this quick break. Robert here, co-host of Growth Project Radio, and I want to tell you about Grace Alone Witness Apparel. This ministry is dedicated to providing you with biblical apparel and gospel tracks to help start conversations for the gospel. They firmly believe that it is the responsibility of all Christians to be obedient to the command to preach the gospel, and they want to help you to do that in any way that they can. They have many designs that are bold and biblical, that are sure to spark conversation for the gospel to the glory of God. 
They also do custom work, as well as bulk orders for all needs from personal to ministry to outreach. They can take care of you. Visit gracealonewa.com for more information. All right. Welcome back to the 5S podcast. So we were just reading Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three and going over the spiritual condition of man. So we're reading here that we are all dead in trespasses and in sin. We're all, we're reading that we are children of wrath by nature. So let's actually look at this from, from the biblical standpoint. We stand before a thrice holy and just God condemned based upon his law. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't blaspheme. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. And what do we do? We bring Break all of it. And because God is holy, he cannot be in the presence of such an impurity. Because God is just, he must punish sin. So we all dead in trespasses and in sin, guilty of breaking the law of God, stand before God as guilty. When we understand this, when we understand that our greatest need is not God having wonderful plans for our life, it's not the power bill, it's not anything material in nature such as promised by the prosperity gospel, our greatest need is that we need to be made new creatures. Our greatest need is spiritual. It is to be as creatures reconciled to our creator. And you know, the mere fact that I can sit here and say that there is a way to be reconciled to our God speaks of his enduring mercy and love for his people. You know, God would be perfectly just in condemning all of us, but going a little bit deeper into Ephesians chapter two, we look at verses four through five, which says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. God being rich in mercy and because of his great love for us has rescued us from his righteous wrath. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 makes it clear that there is salvation and that salvation is found only in one place and that is Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, fully man, born under the law, lived a perfect and sinless life. And we know this because 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says that for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 tells us, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus, our representative, in the same way that Adam represented us in the garden and failed, the second Adam, Christ Jesus, has not failed. He lived the life that you and I cannot and will not live, and Jesus went willingly to the cross where he was crucified, where the wrath of God was poured out on the blameless and spotless Lamb of God. Christ died upon this Roman cross, becoming a ransom for many. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says that Jesus canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Fully man paying for the sins of man. Fully God that his sacrifice could pay for our debts for all of eternity. So now, because of this great sacrifice, we can be reconciled before Almighty God by faith alone in Christ alone. This is the essence of sola fide and solus Christus. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this justification is no doing of your own. Romans chapter 3 verse 28 says, For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Folks, the command given to all of us is to repent and believe the gospel. God calls all men everywhere to repent. 
The gospel is not a suggestion. It is a command. And the command to those who have been granted repentance and faith alone in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is to proclaim the glorious message of the gospel. Folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, as we close our first episode, our launch episode, thank you again so much for being a part of this with us. I implore all of us who are in Christ to ponder just a few things. First and foremost, am I truly in Christ? If I am in Christ, do I have a passion and a love for the Word of God? Do I have a passion and a concern for the souls of others? Do I have a love for the bride of Christ? And I hope the answer to that question is yes. And since the answer to that question is yes, what are you doing about it? Are you following the command of Christ to proclaim the gospel? I think the answer to that for all of us is none of us are doing it in the manner that we should be doing it, not in the capacity that we're capable of or commanded to. And because of that, we all need to repent and preach the gospel. Well, folks, this has been an absolute pleasure. Most of our episodes going forward are going to be around that 30 to 40 minute mark. Uh, next week, I am going to be uh, sharing with you my testimony. I said that I wanted you to know me a little bit more on a personal level. So next week, I want to give you the, the, the nitty gritty, so to speak, on how God mercifully pulled me from my sin. So until then, this is James Watkins with the 5S Podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you. We will see you next week. And as the Protestant Reformers proudly and boldly proclaimed, Sola Deo Gloria.